Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Paul Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. A great guest lined up for you this week. C.C. Sabathia, former New York Yankees, Cleveland Indians, and Milwaukee Brewers star pitcher. He is one of only three African-American pitchers in Major League Baseball history with 250 career wins, 3,000 career strikeouts. He's only the third left-handed pitcher in Major League Baseball history with 3,000 career strikeouts. He joined Randy Johnson and Steve Carlton. He won the World Series with the Yankees in 2009. He was the Cy Young Award winner in 2007. Very, very decorated player. He's got a tremendous new documentary coming out on HBO. It debuts on December 22nd. It's called Under the Grapefruit Tree, the C.C. Sabathia story. I found it extremely compelling. It's not just about his career in baseball. He is also a recovering alcoholic, and it deals with that. It deals with him facing some of his demons from the past, Uh, I've already screened it, and like I said, uh, I think it's excellent, so I highly recommend it. We'll talk to CC Sabathia about his documentary. He's also doing some other broadcasting and podcasting. He has his R2C2 podcast, and he is going to actually make his debut this Friday as an NBA analyst for the Yes Network calling the Brooklyn Nets game. So I like CC. He's got a lot of different things going on. Big Jordan brand guy, too. So I think you'll enjoy the conversation today. I am joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing good. And yeah, CC is just, uh, I mean, that's the list you ran off there. It's just amazing what he's accomplished in his career. But like you said, there's more to anybody's, any athlete's career, you know, their life too, that a lot of people don't hear. So this doc is really cool because you really dig into his struggles with alcoholism and his stories of his father. And yeah, it's just really cool and uh, good to see him being busy and doing some fun stuff too. I mean, Griggs, I got to be honest with you. If you told me at the beginning of 2020 that we were going to have John Smoltz, Ken Griffey Jr., and CC Sabathia on the show, I would have been pretty pleased with that. And that's exactly what has happened. And I have enjoyed each one of those conversations immensely. And I think you'll like this one as well. Something I did ask CC about, and I'll let you hear his response, but Griggs, the Cleveland Indians have announced that they are going to drop the name Indians from their name. We've already seen the Washington football team drop Redskins from their name. It's going to be a long process with the Indians. I wouldn't expect that next season 
they're going to have a name. They'll probably be the Cleveland baseball team or something to that effect, something generic until they figure out what their name is going to be for the long term. But, you know, another example, Griggs, of this year of change and transition, um, I think this is the right call. Many people think it was long overdue. And, you know, here we go. Yeah, I think it's like you said, I think a lot of people long overdue. This has been in conversation for many, 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 many years with Redskins, with the Indians, with other brands, too. And it is good to see that the change is continuing to happen in, in leagues and teams as well. So, but like you said, I think it's going to be a process with all this stuff. It's a lot of, you know, these are major entities. So branding and renaming is a big deal. So we'll see how long it takes for them to come up with a new plan. Anything else catching your eye in the uh, sports world? Well, it's fun to have NBA season back and kind of outside the bubble, even though there's no fans in, in most cases, but fun to see some hoops back. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, it is fun. And it's interesting to watch uh, how the teams are back in their home arenas Um, you know, sometimes they're playing these exhibition games back to back. I noticed the Bulls and the Houston Rockets played back to back in Chicago. I think that's smart to eliminate some of that travel. Um, you know, and the season starts on December 22nd. So it's right around the corner. There's a full day of games on uh, Christmas day. And it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how that unfolds. And then, you know, the NFL just continues to plug along Griggs, even though there are COVID positives here and there and um, teams have had to shut down facilities and things like that. Here we are, uh, you know, and, and they're continuing to plug along and February 7th is the date of the Super Bowl and they're hoping to hang on to that date. One thing I, I did want to mention that I thought was really interesting and, you know, it shows the NFL is trying to reach a younger audience is they're going to have Instead of having a game, a wild card playoff game on Sunday, January 10th on CBS Sports, it's also going to be on Nickelodeon. And Nickelodeon is going to have their own set of broadcasters, but they're going to make it real kid friendly and they're going to do some things to try and attract a younger demo. I think it's smart. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I read that too this week and I was like, that is just a good move by the NFL and smart. I mean, you're trying to get the next generation involved in the sport and excited about the sport. And I agree, you know, make it kind of kid friendly and Nickelodeon vibe and probably some younger announcers. And uh, I think it's a great plan. It'll be fun to flip over and see what they're doing. All right. Coming up next, CC Sabathia. You're going to enjoy this conversation. He's got a new documentary coming out on HBO on December 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's also going to stream on HBO Max. You'll enjoy this, though. He's got a lot of things going on post-baseball career. I love when athletes embrace the second act of their life. And that's what CC is doing. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenAndMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenAndMain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenAndMain.com. Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenAndMain.com, code SBR. 
My guest is CC Sabathia. He played 19 years for the Cleveland Indians, Milwaukee Brewers, and the New York Yankees. He won a title with the Yankees in 2009. He won the AL Cy Young Award in 2007. He's one of three African-American pitchers with 3,000 career strikeouts, joining Ferguson Jenkins and Bob Gibson, one of three left-handed pitchers with 3,000 career Ks. He joins Randy Johnson and Steve Carlton. His documentary, Under the Grapefruit Tree, the C.C. Sabathia story, debuts December 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern time on HBO. It'll also be available to stream on HBO Max. C.C., how are you? Thanks for joining me. No problem, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. So a lot of players at the end of their career, they reflect back on their career. I've screened your documentary. It's deeply personal. I found it really compelling. Walk us through the decision to A, make the documentary, and then B, how that process unfolded. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, just coming up on last year, you know, being, you know, knowing it was going to be my last year, um, talking with my wife and, you know, just, just, Getting a chance to watch, you know, I got a chance to watch, um, you know, Andy in his last year and Jeet in his last year and Mo and, you know, Sato and all these different guys. Um, I was thinking it'd be cool to be able to document some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, thought, you know, it would be a good chance I'd come up on 3,000 strikeouts, um, 250 wins. Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you know, it's a big deal for me to be the third African-American you know, to have 250 wins and 3,000 strikeouts in the history of the game. You know, that's that's uh, that's a big deal to me. So I wanted to be able to document some of this stuff and catch some of our cool family moments traveling on the road this last year. And, um, you know, I told my wife it would be really cool to be able to do that. And I was more thinking, you know, just home movie stylish and, you know, just something for the family to have. And, um, you know, we got into it. And, you know, started just filming some of the things from the last year and, and just started talking through the story and, you know, thought it would be really cool um, if we did the whole story um, and, and told everything, you know, including the addiction, um, you know, how I grew up, um, you know, my, my relationship with my father, which I feel like gets lost a lot in, in you know, my story. Um, so to be able to, to, to have a chance to really tell um you know, the truth about our, our relationship and how close we were, um, you know, was something I was excited about. And, you know, HBO does phenomenal work with their documentaries and, and all really their HBO sports division is, is incredible. Um, so I was just really excited that they were interested um, in letting me tell my story and, and, and uh, you know, just super excited that it's going to air on HBO. You know, it just sounds weird to hear that you have a documentary about your life that is going to come on HBO and, you know, I've watched so many different, you know, iconic athletes, um, you know, have documentaries on HBO. So to be able to, to have one here myself is uh, is exciting. No, I agree. HBO does great work. And I know this was also done in conjunction with uh, Major League Baseball. But, you know, like you said, CC, a lot of people do documentaries. The fact that you were willing to tell the story about your battle with addiction, you spent 29 days in rehab. And kind of when you return from rehab and how you looked at your career the rest of the way, that was really compelling to me. It was very emotional. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And, and you know, the, when I went into rehab, it was, you know, at the time it was very emotional. It was very public. Um, and I did that on purpose to, to, you know, one, help, you know, somebody else that was maybe going through, you know, what I was going through at that time and two, help myself, you know, and, and you know, to hold myself accountable. Um you know, I was, 
I was with a couple of fellas the other day watching some football games, um, and one of the guys asked me if I wanted a drink. And, you know, I immediately said no and, you know, told him I hadn't been drinking, I hadn't had a drink in five years. And he was like, oh, really? And, and, you know, for me, I just assume everybody knows my story, you know, and and knows how, because how public it was and and it was everywhere. So, um, and then that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it is is for people to really know. And and I had another buddy that was sitting there at the the time too. And, you know, just for me, like, if, if it would have been a secret, you know, me going to rehab and the guy that was sitting next to me didn't know, you know, then I could I could take that drink and not be able to hold myself accountable. So for every my, my story being so public and everybody knowing that I went to rehab and you know dealt with these struggles, you know the guy sitting next to me could look at me and be like, or, or can take care of me, be like, hey, you probably shouldn't have that drink. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the reason why I wanted to make it so public. No, I think it's it's really brave and and you know like you said, I think it's going to help people in the future with the documentary. Is there something? that was included in the documentary that you look back on and you're like, wow, that was really cool that we added that in because that wasn't planned at the beginning. Uh, I think, you know what, I mean, I, I think just all of, like, the home video, like, the, the stuff of me really young, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's still emo- really emotional for me to hear my dad's voice. So, like, you know, my dad's voice on some of the video early, um, you know, some of that stuff is pretty cool because I hadn't seen a lot of that video in, in a very, very long time, so... To be able to add that that element in and like bring my my dad really to life, um, it's pretty cool. And, and to be honest, like watching the doc and like there's a couple of cutaways where like they cut from him to me, and it's it's crazy how much you know I look like him. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and like my 40 year old self, and you know looking at you know my father back then, it's 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 uh it's it's crazy to to be able to see how much we, we actually really look alike. I love seeing you as a father. I love towards the end without giving anything away, you know, you and your wife sitting there watching your son play baseball and you got your folding chair and your cooler and and you're just like any other dad. But I love the fact that you're an involved dad and and you can tell that you've got a special relationship with your kids. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, my my family dynamic here at home is is very special. Uh, The six of us are very close and um, you know, I'm, I'm very close to my oldest, but, but, but to my other three too, um, you know, so to be able to watch him going through his journey right now and, and, and trying to get further in his baseball career, you know, he's a junior in high school right now. So to be able to, to be on these travel ball teams and go to these different tournaments with him now and actually like be a dad, you know, um, it's fun because being a professional athlete, you know, having kids, your, your wife is basically a single, a single parent, especially during the season. You know, I hadn't, this is the first summer in six years where I got a chance to see my, my son play live, you know, where it wasn't a video or somebody was FaceTiming me or something. So um, it was just, it was, it was cool and very special to be able to spend those moments with him too this summer. And I look forward to that going, you know, even more, you know, going forward. One of the other things I really like about the doc, and this might be a little thing that most people don't notice, but I notice stuff like this. I like that you narrated it. Your story was told by you. You didn't bring in some you know, voice to do it, it was done by you. Was that something that you felt strongly about? You know, that was actually um, a thing that HBO had pitched to me, which, again, we talked about them doing amazing work, amazing work, but, you know, like you said, I don't think it wouldn't have been right if it would have been in somebody else's voice, you know? Um, You know, just because of how personal everything is and, you know, me going, you know, even at the beginning, the very first couple scenes is me, you know, going through a stress test. So, so, you know, the the doc is super, super personal. And, and to, like you said, for me to be able to, to be the voice to narrate it, um, 
you know, just made a lot of sense, and I'm definitely grateful that, that they came up with that idea. As someone who played 19 seasons in Major League Baseball, and, and I see this as getting better in all of the sports leagues, but what can the leagues, the teams, the players' unions do to assist athletes with mental health? You know what? You, I mean, you, you, you said it right. Uh, the teams are getting better. They're actually listening to, you know, the players and, and you know, not just, you know, uh, just sweeping it under the rug. Um, you know, pretty much every team now has a mental mental health, con- you know, conditioning coach um, that you can go to at any time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, like, but I think the biggest thing is that teams are just recognizing it and you're able to talk and, and you know, have these free conversations in the clubhouse about mental health and about things that you're going through, about personal things that were taboo probably at the beginning, at the beginning of my career. Um, you know, so for me, you know, it being a different big leagues later on in my career definitely helped me out because there's no way early 2000s I'm, you know, I'm able to just basically leave my team, you know, in the playoffs and go to the, you know, go to rehab and not hear it from a few players, you know. Um, there was nothing but love and support from around the league, especially for my team. My clubhouse was, was phenomenal in, in our organization and the, and the Steinbrenner family, but just around the league, across the league, from Big Poppy to, um, I mean, everybody. I mean, there's literally, you know, not, not one person that didn't hit me. I mean, Sean Doolittle. I mean, there were so many different guys that reached out um, and gave me support that probably wouldn't have been the same in the early 2000s. Yeah, and it says a lot about you, too, right? Like, you're playing in New York, which not everyone can play in the pressure-packed Big Apple, and you're pitching in the biggest of games, the World Series games and, you know, league championship games, things like that. You always answered the call, and and don't you think that because of that and because you were so good to other people, they were more understanding when you needed it? I mean, you, you would hope so. But you never know, you know, when, when you're going through struggles like that. Um, especially, like, at, at that time, you know, it being, you know, we, we were literally playing in a wild card game the next night. So um, you never know. But, I mean, you definitely, I mean, it, it, you know, you definitely want to be a good teammate, be a good person, treat people right. And, um, you know, just for, for me, I mean, I, I'm just always myself. I think, you know, people are always like, man, you get a break in the media. But, you know, it's not because I'm so honest. It's just because I'm myself. I don't try to make up anything that I'm not. I don't try to do anything that I'm, you know, be anything extra that I'm not. I'm just, you know, myself. And I, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've a lot of times. And, and uh, but I'll, I'll stand here and, and stand in front of you and, and admit my wrongs every time. Yeah. And I think people see that. So I wanted to ask you this. I had John Smoltz on earlier in the year, baseball mm-hmm. hall of famer, 15 and four in the postseason, you were also great in the postseason. You always, you always wanted the ball in the biggest of games. Explain to me that mindset. Cause again, not everyone wants the ball in the big games and you always like wanted the ball. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference between wanting the ball and being able to perform. Um, you know, I've wanted the ball every time. And, you know, in 2007, um, you know, there was, I had the opportunity to go out and try to, you know, pitch the Cleveland Indians, which I think was the best team in the league at that time, to a World Series. Um, if I pitch the way I pitched down the stretch in Milwaukee in 08 and 07 in the playoffs, we win the World Series in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like I had to grow into whatever I became in, in, in New York um, as far as being able to take the ball in big situations. Um, 
you know, the, the, those growing things, you know, those still, there's still times I think about the whole seven playoffs where, you know, I maybe could have made a different pitch or maybe could have calmed myself down or, you know, pitched my way, pitched myself through, through some of those situations. But, um, you know, you always want to, you know, have a guy that wants the ball in those situations, like a, like a Luis Severino or, you know, my here Tanaka just thinking about some of my recent teammates. Um, but there's a difference between to be able to, being able to go out and perform in those situations, and I had to be able to go out and calm myself down. And not until I got to New York and played on teams where I didn't feel like I had to do too much was I able, able to go out and have those type of performances in the postseason that, um, you know, kind of solidify your legacy, if that makes sense. Smoltz said he'd sleep till like 1 p.m. on a game day of a big game. What, what was, Every game, I'm just, I, that's crazy because the last time I pitched a, a really big game I'm thinking about was probably game five in 2017 in Cleveland. Um, and I slept till 4 p.m. <laughs> it was 340, 345. Like, I stayed up all night. I watched Netflix all night. Um, and, I, and I slept all day. Like, I, I, I woke up. Ate breakfast at like nine, and I woke up at three forty-five. Got on the bus at four, and just went to the park. It was always better if I can just sleep the whole day and not think about it. That's so amazing that you guys both had that in common. And obviously, again, you know, you came through in the big situation. So maybe that's the key. Life, we just all need to sleep more. <laughs> just sleep, just sleep, and don't think about it. But that's why I always felt like I pitched better in day games too, because I didn't have time to think about the game all day. Wake up, you know, early, get to the game, get to the park, do your routine, and, and the game's over before you could even think about it. So, um, you know, I, I always pitched and played and performed better in situations where I didn't have to, to overthink. And, you know, I was always trying to put myself in those situations. And, you know, the older I got, the, the more I realized if I just sleep all day, then I don't have to think about it. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. CBDMD is the official CBD partner of Sports Business Radio, and I couldn't be happier. Their products have made a huge difference in the quality of my life, my daughter's life, even our dog's life. I was having a difficult time sleeping, and CBDMD CBDPM drops and capsules have allowed me to sleep better than I have in years. CBD Freeze has been amazing for my daughter and I after we work out. Even our dog loves CBDMD's soft chews. They've got a great array of products. And one of the things I like the most about CBDMD's products, they're all THC-free. That was very important to me. CBDMD is also the first American CBD company to be publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Check them out under the ticker symbol YCBD. Athletes such as two-time Masters champion golfer Bubba Watson, former NFL wide receiver turned broadcaster Nate Burleson, and UFC athletes Daniel Cormier and Chael Sonnen use CBDMD's high-quality products. Change your quality of life just like I did. These are anxious times for a lot of us, and CBDMD's products have helped me sleep better and just live a, a higher quality of life. Visit CBDMD.com and enter the promo code SBR to save 25% off at checkout. That's CBDMD.com, promo code SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. CC, I love what you're doing post-baseball career. I listen religiously to the R2C2 podcast that you do with Ryan Rucco. Sounds like you guys have such a great time doing that podcasting that seems like something you can do for a long time it's fun man I, um uh thank you by the way for the listen but it's, it's fun I, I really enjoy it and you know obviously Ruko carries all the weight he's the 
he's the host and he knows how to pretty much run a show. So it's just fun to be able to piggyback off of him. And I think the thing about our, our chemistry and the thing about our show um, is that we have a lot in common, obviously. Me and Ruka are from two completely different worlds. We grew up in two completely different worlds, obviously. Him growing up here on the East Coast in the suburbs and me growing up in the West Coast in the hood. And we have a lot in common. So, you know, that, that makes for great conversation. That makes for great text messaging. And, you know, <laughs> it just kind of relates to onto our podcast. So, you know, as, as long as I can, you know, do things that are easy and fun and I can be myself, um, I'll do them all day. I don't ever want to do a job again where I feel like it's work, you know. Um, you know, I've, I've never, I've never felt like I've worked a day in my life, and I and I don't want to feel like that in post retirement. So, um, you know, I just want to keep things fun, loose, and organic, and and podcast is one of the ways to do that. Speaking of fun, I see that you are going to be making your NBA analyst debut this Friday. That's awesome for the Nets game on the Yes Network, right? Yeah, I am. I, I, I always said I'd never put on a suit to call a game, but that was a baseball game, so I'm definitely putting <laughs> suit. To call this basketball game, I'm so excited that KD is back, man, and, you know, we get a chance to watch him up close here in New York and, you know, having my relationship I do with the Yes Network and being able to get this opportunity, obviously, uh, is a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm super nervous about it, but I'm sure Ruko and, and Sarah take care of me, but, um, yeah, this is cool, and this is the stuff I like to do. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a baseball player. I was a baseball player, but I'm a huge, huge sports fan. Um and, and, you know, I love the NBA, love the NFL. Obviously, I, I like to watch baseball, but, you know, uh, those other two leagues, you know, I, I really, really enjoy being a fan of and doing fantasy and all those type of things. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm like a real regular, you know, dad, sports fan, all of that stuff. That's awesome. Do you have a team in the NBA that you like? Nah, you know what? Because <laughs> I, always get, I always get a lot of stuff with this because um, – I am a big-time Raiders fan in the NFL, and I bounce around to whoever's good for the NBA. So <laughs> I, I never, because because the Raiders never win, and I always am disappointed in the wintertime, I, I need a winner by the spring. So I was with the, I, I grew up a Lakers fan, ran with the Warriors for a little while, I had season tickets there, um, and then I, I'm basically a KD fan at this point. Wherever he goes, I go. So now he's here in New York, and I get a chance to watch him in Brooklyn, so... I got my KD jersey, and, and now I'm all, I'm all in on the net. Yeah, he looked good last night. It's so good to see him healthy again. Yeah. Uh, he was. I mean, the thing about it is, like, at the end of the season before COVID, he was looking good then in March. So, like, just having this extra time, I mean, he looked, he looked back to normal, man. And I think people forget how good this guy is. And, you know, people keep calling him the second-best player in the East. Um, to Giannis, no disrespect to Giannis, he's a great guy, and I met him here at the stadium a couple times, and he's a phenomenal basketball player. But when KD's on the floor, man, there's there is literally nobody better than him. No, I agree, and KD's got rings too. And you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's all about getting your own shot, and KD can get his own shot over anyone, and that makes him real dangerous. For sure. I mean, and then you got two of those guys. You got Kyrie that can get his own shot, and you got KD, and you got Karis LeVert coming into his own as a superstar. This could be a very, very exciting season for, for the Nets. I mean, Joe Harris, I mean, you know, uh, DeAndre Jordan, they're set up to win. I mean, the, the only reason they're not getting, they, they're not picked to win the East right now is because Katie's coming off the Achilles and Kyrie's coming off the shoulder. But if you look at it on paper, I mean, they're going to give the Bucks a run for their money in, in, in the playoffs. 
I agree. All right, a few more minutes with you. Uh, again, love what you're doing post-baseball career. You're doing work with Player Alliance. It's 150 current and former Major League Baseball players that are involved. I love seeing you out there. This has been a big year where people are really looking in the mirror and saying, are we doing what we need to be doing with social justice and, and topics of that nature? But uh, how did you get involved with that organization? Um, you know what? It's just, um, it, was just a, it just started with... Uh, Edwin Jackson, um, D. Gordon, and Cameron Maven starting a group chat that um, when everything was going on at the be you know at the beginning when the season got shut down and then in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, we thought it'd be cool to do you know a video, um, you know and just you know supporting Black Lives Matter and, and everything that was going on and and from that video, you know we were so excited and pumped up that we were all together and you know on the same terms and, you know, all on one group chat that we thought it'd be cool to, to start a, a organization. Um, and that turned into the Players Alliance. And, and, you know, it's just been a lot of fun to be a part of this thing now. It's only been about six months. And, you know, right now we're on a 33-city tour that started in the Bronx. They just hit. Uh, yesterday they were in Chicago. To, today they're on their way to Milwaukee. Um, and it's a coast-to-coast tour where we're pulling up in some of the, the, the toughest neighborhoods in the, in the country and, you know, passing out PPE equipment, we're passing out, um, you know, we're, done, we're, we're partnering with uh, local food banks uh, and passing out food and, and uh, we're passing out baseball equipment um, to, get, to try to get kids in these neighborhoods to start playing. And, you know, we know how expensive baseball is and, you know, if we can, you know, help, you know, some of these kids, you know, get back to, to the game, you know, that'd be great. And, and the best way to do that is get some of these kids gear. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. And the best thing about the Players Alliance is it's really powered by the players. You know, this tour that we're on right now um, came from money that, you know, guys um, decided to sit out and donate their salaries during Jackie Robinson Day um, during the season. Um, they sat out during the weekend, donated their salaries, were able to raise over a million dollars and put this tour on. So um, it's just been a lot of fun to be connected to everybody. You know, a lot of us do a lot of work across the country individually, but to be able to collectively come together and put our powers together, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, not only for the black community, but for all communities. You know, every on, on this stop along the way so far, there's been, you know, every community has come out to help, volunteer, come out to receive food, um, to, to, to put in donations. There's, there's been, you know, every race of players been coming out to, to support and, and volunteer too. So, um, you know, this is going to benefit everybody. Well, I tip my cap to you. You're doing some some great work out there. Uh, news that came down yesterday, and the Cleveland Indians announced it today, they are going to drop Indians from their name. You were drafted by Cleveland. Was there ever any talk when you were there about that? Or uh, what are your thoughts on this since you played for them? You know what? There was never any talk about that when I played there. But there were always people out, outside of the stadium protesting. Um you know, and, and I think if it offends one person, then we need to take a look at it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. And, and, but like I said, I mean, I, I would always see people out there protesting in front of the stadium. And, you know, so the, the fact that the organization is doing the right thing, taking a look at it and changing the name, um, I'm behind it. I'm behind it 100%. What do you think the name should be? Some people have said oh, yeah. the Spiders. That seems to be like a popular one. But it was a, uh, I think that was the name of a team before the Indians, I think. I think you're right. I think the Cleveland Spiders uh, were were the team before the Indians, so that would be cool. 
the Bisons, maybe. Hmm. Buffalo, they had the Buffalo Bisons, uh, you know, Cleveland Bisons. Um, I don't know, man. Well, I guarantee you whatever name you suggest will hold some weight with that organization. So think of something good. <laughs> All right, last question for you. Uh, in the dock... It was so funny. One of the scenes, they're coming to clean out your locker at Yankee Stadium after you retired. And I live in Portland, Oregon, so I'm in the backyard of Nike and the Jordan brand. And I was like, dang, he's got a load of shoes there that they're taking out. So I got to ask you, what's your favorite Nike or Jordan shoe that you've ever worn? Oh, man. I mean, my favorite shoe by far is a Jordan. And I've been blessed to be able to be with the brand for so long now. Um, that was probably really one of the highlights of my career. But my favorite shoe is 11. Um, the Concord, just a classic, um, you know, black leather, uh, black patent leather with the white. Um, and the funny story about that in 09, um, the Jordan, the brand, they actually sent me a pair of Concords because they thought I was going to make the All-Star team. So I was, gonna, I was supposed to wear them in the All-Star game. I didn't make the All-Star team that year. So they sent me two pairs, and they were like, hey, these are like special shoes, you know. Don't wear them unless you get into the All-Star game. And I was like, all right, cool, send them. I won't wear them. They sent them. The very first start after the All-Star game, I put them on. <laughs> and, and, like, went on a crazy run in the second half. And those are what I pitched in down the stretch in, in 09 and in the World Series. So, uh, yeah, by far my favorite shoe was the Concord. Okay, so you're going to not believe this, but I tweeted this out earlier today. So I have proof. The same shoe. I, I, I like the same shoe. It's my favorite shoe. And they had the 25th anniversary edition that came out this year. I don't know if you saw those, but, God, they're they're a good-looking shoe. It is. It is a good-looking shoe. It's, uh, it, I mean, it, you know, and, and growing up as a kid, I couldn't afford it. So, um, And I remember when those shoes came out, 96, I was a sophomore in high school, uh, and I wanted those shoes so bad. So to be able to, like, Win a championship in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx wearing that as a cleat is like the ultimate highlight for me. So like being able to like have some of these special moments that I've had in my career in Jordans is, you know, 1000% a super highlight for me. Under the Grapefruit Tree, the CC Sabathia story debuts December 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern on HBO. It's also going to be available to stream on HBO Max. It is fantastic. I highly recommend it. CeCe, thanks for taking time to talk to me today, and congrats on the film, and congrats on all your success uh, on the baseball field and off the baseball field. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. There's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. To ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged, sports venues are reimagining game day with Boingo's 5G connectivity solutions. Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering, to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. 
Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner. A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most, and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends from Boingo Wireless, CBDMD, and Mizzen in Maine. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.